Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends. It's Hannah, and I'm back with a special guest and a full episode. Um, And firstly, I want to say thank you for tuning in and for your patience as I've been taking a bit of a a breather from the podcast. Um, But I have a bit more headspace and I am sitting down to have some amazing conversations with people over the next few weeks. And this is one of those conversations with Mayara, who joins us to talk about so much great stuff. And we had a great time and uh, definitely should be back on the show, I'm sure, at some point in the future. So there's an episode today and there will be an episode next week as well. So we're getting back into a little bit of a regular cycle and I'm sitting down today to do a little bit of editing and pulling together for you. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, for supporting the show um, as I've taken a bit of space for my own self-care. And as I've said recently for the little check-in messages, it's really important, I think, to tune in and listen to ourselves and to give ourselves permission to take what we need whether that is space or what, whatever um, it is and that can be quite difficult to do it's something I'm still working on um but yes this is um yeah a really um I had, I had such a great time talking to my other and I'm not gonna talk too much at the beginning because you know I can waffle on quite a lot so we're just going to dive into the conversation I'll be back super quickly at the end hi everyone and I'm really happy to welcome today's guest Mayara Souza who is joining us so Mayara grew up in Brazil and she has overcome a very adverse and traumatic childhood she has a history of physical mental and sexual abuse that led her into an intense dependency on alcohol since her early years Mayara finally moved to America in her mid-20s where she started her healing process that continues to evolve every day today after a decade of healing work and extensive research on trauma and consciousness she is a certified sound therapist and uses acoustic sound to relax the nervous system helping her clients to release emotions that might be trapped somewhere in the body causing mental, physical and emotional unbalance and distress. So Maya, lovely to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here, Hannah. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I, I don't know where to dive in because there's so much that I'd love to <laughs> dive into with you. Um, I guess uh, let's talk about sound therapy because that's something people might have a vague sense of what it is, but maybe they have absolutely no idea. I've been to like a, a sound bath. I don't know if that is anywhere remotely like what you do. So could you tell us what sound therapy is? Yes. Uh, so I have experienced sound baths also before I came into this method that I use today. 
So it, it all started pretty much, I guess, with meditation, because I noticed that I started studying meditation many years ago, and I came across a variety of different types of meditation. And I noticed like the use of mantras, you know, the repetition, the sound, the binaural beats, and, and all that stuff that is the Icarus with plant medicine, all the sounds that are used with meditation to bring in healing to the body, to the mind. And I came across this specific method that I use today. It's called biofield tuning, which is pretty much like we're using tuning forks to tune the, the field around the body, just like you tune an instrument. And it's quite interesting, the stuff that we find in the field. We read the information on the fork, the, how it's, it's striking, the vibration and everything. And we hang out in hangout spots, uh, is what we call them, where we notice density of energy. And the way we look at it, it's like those are the blocks that we talk about. I feel blocked in, in this way or that way in a relationship or moving to the place I want to leave or whatever. And we dismantle those blocks using the sound wave the body is doing you know the whole thing we are pretty much just giving the body a frequency input a harmonized a very balanced input for the body to listen to it itself find those blocks where it's vibrating in disharmony and harmonize itself use the sound wave from the forks to harmonize itself and then people notice the, that they don't feel as blocked anymore. They feel lighter. A lot of people right after the first session, that's one of the things that they say, it seems like I just dropped 200 pounds. I feel like so much lighter, you know, to just go out in the world and just be. And we notice also the behavior changes afterwards. You know, the patterns that we tend to be stuck on. This is energetic. There's energy that is stuck somewhere that is causing that repetition of the pattern that, you know, it's unhealthy and you want to get out of. So once we dismantle those blocks, you notice the behavior change and everything like anger, like people and, and stuff in your environment doesn't trigger you as much anymore because the thing that they were triggering before, it's not there anymore. You have dismantled those energies, you have released it. So I find great freedom the more I do this method myself and the more I get feedback from my clients on the changes that they are noticing. It seems like it brings a lot of freedom back into your life. It's quite amazing. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And I I, I know what like a musical tuning fork looks like. Does yes. it look the same for people? What does it? It looks just the same. <laughs> I, I mean, we it's could just go longer. On, yeah, we could go off onto a real tangent of like, how does it, how does it work? But <laughs> That's maybe like mm -hmm. another conversation. Right. But I'm really curious about, you know, when you see clients, are there certain areas that are really commonly areas that people are blocked in or with certain emotions? Are there certain areas of the body that kind of corresponds with for blockages? Actually, that's a great question that um, sometimes I do podcasts and we don't get there. But this is amazing how the lady that has developed this method that I follow, her name is Eileen McKusick, and she has developed kind of an universal map of the energies that are very common that we hold on to the same area of the body, which made perfect sense to me when I came across it, because I was already a bit familiar with Chinese medicine, with acupuncture, right? So we know that certain areas of the body do hold on to specific energies like anger in the liver it's a very popular one that everybody says I gotta um 
cleans the liver. And that's a lot related to, you know, just bottling down anger because you can't express it for a variety of reasons. And we look at it the same way that universally, it doesn't matter your age or gender or whatever. We as human beings, we tend to hold on to specific types of energies and feelings in certain areas of the body. And so the same way that the acupuncturist will use the needles to release those blockages of energy to let the chi flow through the body, right? We do the same thing with the tuning forks. The sound wave comes to those blockages of, of energy in certain areas and release that. And, and the people notice when we work in specific areas of the body, like we, we notice that on the left side of the heart, there's a lot of depression, sadness, that sense of loss. And it's interesting because it's in everybody. When we are working on the left side of the heart, we notice that same tendency of that type of energy, like the feet and the knee. We also look at them as energy centers, just like the seven main, main chakras. And we notice the same stuff, the you know next steps in life, the feeling um, locked down, like the, the feeling of block on, on your life in general, that you know it's hard to move to the next thing. And, and we keep noticing the same like shame and guilt on the area of the hips, which are related to our connection to our tribe. And, and so it's very interesting how it really repeats regardless of age, gender, none of that. And also the release that they notice afterward, the change on behavior that they notice afterwards is very similar to because that same block of energy is not there. So it's quite amazing. The more I learn about it, the more it blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. And and I know we, um, in the intro, can't talk in the introduction said a little bit um about you and about your journey but how did you kind of get into this area what was it sort of you know that, that pulled you towards it mm-hmm. so the the whole healing process is started out of fear I guess kind of how it happens for most of us most of us my father had a heart attack at 37 and he passed away when I was four he was a very heavy alcoholic and I got into alcohol very early in my life too, to get through, you know, the childhood and all the pain and all this stuff that had happened. And it was a huge part of my life throughout my teens, throughout my twenties. And it was when I was getting close to 30 that the little voice inside of me was like, well, your father was 37. So what are you doing? And I started becoming like so fearful of it. And I'm a big researcher. Like I'm curious about things. I started researching heart conditions And I came across epigenetics that was teaching that, yes, we do carry the genes from our parents and grandparents, but the whole thing that we say, this disease, this condition runs in the family, it's the lifestyle that runs in the family, and then we get to develop to turn on the same genes. So I started trying to figure out how to change lifestyle, because alcohol was this huge part of my life for the majority of my life. So I came across meditation. And through it start, and it was terrifying on the beginning for me to sit and try to be quiet, you know, with my thoughts, just with myself. It was so painful. So I did, that's why I explored different types. So I started doing walking meditation. At least I was moving. I was focusing on doing something. And it was like very helpful for me to quiet everything until I got to the point today that I sit and I can meditate for an hour, for two hours. It's, it, it was like a long process. And that's what happened. I started noticing the repetition of the sound, the use of sound with intention, 
the mantra with an intention and, and whatever um, way of sound that was being used with intention and then researching more into that, I came across this specific method because intention is a huge part of it too. You're going to show up with an intention. You know, I'm feeling depressed or I want to lose weight or I want to sleep better or whatever it is, you know, or you have the sense of loss and you already know, like I lost someone and, and you know, I want to work through the grief. And so you're going to show up with something. So it's going to have an intention that both of us will hold in our minds as we let the sound, you know, hit the body and the body do its own healing. But we have that intention in the background, which is very, very important, a very important part of the, the whole process. And with working with people, obviously, post-COVID, things are starting to kind of go back in person, but we had this whole period of online. So is this something that works online or is it very much something you have to kind of be in the room with that person? Yeah, what I love about this too, the, the use of sound with the intention is, is that the intentionality being there, you don't need to be in the same room. So we do group sessions in person, remotely through Zoom. We do private sessions in person and remotely. And to be honest with you, my clients love the remote sessions because rather than being on my massage table in an office, which my office is pretty cozy, you know, it has the same tapestry and everything. It's pretty cozy, but it's still like a massage table, you know, and when you do it remotely, you are laying on your bed, on your pillow or on your couch or on, on your meditation room, wherever you feel very comfortable and you just put the headset on or even on the speaker, on the computer, on the phone, and you just listen, you know, to the session. I'm going to guide you through the session, the breathing and, and all of that, the being in your body and, and everything. However, not even that is 100% necessary. Sometimes when my clients are feeling a bit of like, you can have detoxing symptoms afterwards because, you know, everything that, that you are holding on to, if you're holding on to anger and all that stuff, once you are releasing it, it's not pleasant. You know, you might feel like overly tired or overly emotional, very thirsty because your body will need to hydrate to be able to, you know, have the strength to release all that. But anyways, Every once in a blue moon, I get a client that says, this is like very unpleasant. Can you do like a quick adjustment for me? And so I do like a five, 10 minute at a distance. We don't even need to be on the phone. I just text them real quick. I'm going to do it now. So you just lay down and be like on a receiving mode, you know, just allowing the, the, the frequencies to get to your body and just notice. Just notice your body. What are you noticing throughout the time? And then after I'm done, I get a text from them. Oh my gosh, I feel like so much better. I feel more grounded. You know, I feel like something was really released. And they notice that throughout this time that I'm doing it, they are either like yawning or they cry. You know, something happens that they can see like physically that they are releasing something. So it's quite interesting how you do not need to be in the same room. And we do do it on the phone because I like a feedback from them. What are they noticing if there's any area specific to address? But it's not even that is necessary. We can just know because of everything being connected. We can just know that that's happening and you're going to feel everything, even you all the way in the UK and I'm here in the US and it works just fine. Yeah, I mean, it sounds magical um, <laughs> and amazing that it works, the distance. And so obviously you've said about you know, working with people and having groups. And if anyone's sort of listening, it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to try it. Or like, is it something I could do a bit of independently? Is there a way that people are able to kind of get a little flavor of it themselves without accessing a sort of group or a practitioner? 
Yes, I would say so. Uh, there's a lot of forks being sold. You know, if you go on Amazon, you're going to find tuning forks, like all types and, and weights and, and all the ways that you can imagine. What I would say is that at least try to find, like my teacher, Eileen McCusick, she has a lot of like free videos on YouTube that she's showing you how to use specific forks and all that. I would say get at least a little bit of knowledge how to use them because you're working energy here. So it's like, you don't wanna use the forks and open up yourself like, you know, so widely and then not really knowing how to protect that energy and going out into the world. You're gonna notice how things can affect you like so easily, you know, if you don't really know how to ground that energy and how to protect yourself. So energy is a very powerful thing. So I would say at least gather a little bit of knowledge and you're totally fine doing it by yourself, but learn, you know, some protection, some grounding. So you don't just like blast yourself open and then allow the world to bring in all the junk that's going on out there. That's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of junk. Everywhere. <laughs> uh, Mayara, I could um, keep talking about this all day, but I'm quite conscious of our time. So I wonder if you've got a final thought of anything we've not touched on that you think is um, really important around healing, around sound therapy that you'd like to share with us. Yes. Um, so like I said, this method, we use a lot of intention. So I like to talk to my clients a lot about intention and not only like intentionality on the massage table when you are receiving a session, but like throughout your day, like what is your intention on the things that you are doing? You know, like the places you are going, the people you are related to, the things you are eating and drinking and all of that. What is the intentionality behind? Because I do believe strongly that that has a huge effect on how that's going to unfold. You know, how that relationship with a certain person, how this visit to a certain place and, you know, the things that you bring in inside your body and the things also very important that you keep in your environment. You know, and there's a lot of clutter is stuff that like you don't feel good when you look at that's all like feeding your mind, you know, with those feelings and, and that stuff. So I feel like intentionality and I also bring in prayer and not necessarily in a religious way, but in a way of connecting to the source, to your creator, you know, to whatever it is that you believe, the universe, God, just that connection coming from a place of gratitude. I feel like it changes whatever it is that you're going to have going on in your life. If you're feeling depressed, anxious, you know, whatever it is, full of doubt, reconnect to that source energy that runs the whole show and man it how it shifts like right away the way you know you are feeling the way you are perceiving your reality i find it to be very very powerful and a third thing journal you know put it down whatever starts going on once you do the prayers and you meditate on your intentions and all of that see what's coming up in journal i feel like it's a very good objective way to see what's going on in your mind sometimes you just get lost in our minds and you know unaware of what's happening up there so journaling is very helpful thank you I think you've preempted one of my questions but I'll ask it anyway <laughs> in a moment because you might want to add some bits to it um but my first question that I ask everyone that comes on uh, is about mental well-being because that's our overarching topic on the podcast so I'd love to know what mental well-being means to you mm -hmm. yeah that's great and it's pretty much like the combination of all of these that we've been talking about today. To me, like I didn't know I was so disturbed mentally until I started my healing process. 
until I started becoming more aware of what was going on in, on the background, all the conditionings, all this stuff, all the defense mechanisms and all this stuff that had happened because of the abuse when I was a kid. Once I started becoming more aware of that, then I became my more self-aware of who I was. I was just, you know, flowing through and had no idea what was going on. So to me, it's the combination of all of these that we are talking about. It's this freedom of just being who you are, you know, being self-aware and having self-acceptance and self-love and not allowing the external environment to affect you as much. Having this type of self-awareness and self-protection that you keep yourself untouched. You know, this is, uh, I put a, a program together, a 10-week program together, a path to self-awareness, that this is what we are striving for, is that, you know, you keep your inner peace unshakable. And, and this stuff happens out there, and it's out there, and it's fine. You do what you can, you know, to contribute and all of that, but you don't allow that to shake your inner peace. You are always carrying that self-awareness and that inner peace with you wherever you go. So to me, uh, uh, finding a practice that can help you cultivate, you know, that unshakable inner peace, it's, it's like my mental health is a completely different space now than when I started my healing uh, yeah. over a decade ago. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And then I think you've um, sort of hinted at the follow-up question. Um, <laughs> I always ask for yourself, how you look after your mental well-being? Yes, I use a lot of sound. So if you are also not like familiar with anything specific, like a sound bath with the bowls or um, a sound healing with the twin forks or none of that, at least music. And then I come back again with intention. Just pay attention to lyrics, you know, and, and to what's being said in, in the, the song, because that has a huge effect on your mental state. Like we, we totally overlook that and just listen to whatever is going on. And the lyrics had a lot of the popular music. The lyrics have a very detrimental um, effect on our mental health. So I would say I use a lot of music, a lot of sounds and music and silence. I love to meditate also and just be quiet and allow everything to settle down. But if I want to change the states, I can definitely look for, you know, good lyrics, um, music and different sounds. Like we have different instruments in the house, different, you know, different things that make different sounds that bring that feeling of, ah, you know, calmness. Yeah, for me, that's essential. Yeah, amazing it's funny as you were saying that about lyrics I saw something funny the other day which was people commenting on someone they know loves this song but they haven't realized what the lyrics are and then yeah. they realize what the lyrics are and they're like that's not what I thought it was about they're like oh, it's a lovely song and it's about a breakup or it's just yeah often you know we're just having like a little bop along we don't listen to yes. what the lyrics are about. sometimes I joke about that with my daughter like if I listen to something she's 14 and she's listening to something that's popular and then when it gets to you know a pace where it's like very bad lyrics I tell her like bad conditioning <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're gonna go from music to to books now and not just books so it could be TED talks or podcasts or whatever um, but I love to read. You can't see all my books uh, behind me. And so I wonder if you have a recommendation of a book or something else similar that has been really impactful in your life that you'd recommend that we check out. Yes. Oh, I love that one because I'm a big reader. Also, I do have a huge uh, reading list on my website. So when people go to my website, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. However, when you ask me for one like that, I would say a lot of the things that we work with clients, when clients come to see us to find some release in whatever area, 
the common denominator that we find is the inability to let things go and just forgive and drop it. But like, really, it's not about saying, oh, but I forgave them. No, drop it. Like really let it go and live your life beyond it, right? And I noticed like uh, how difficult that is for the majority of the people that show up. So a huge book for me in forgiveness that was like great help for my own process. It's called Radical Forgiveness. His name, I forget. Colin Tipping, I think, but it's on my website. But the name of the book is um, Radical Forgiveness. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. Very, very helpful for anything and everything you're going through, because we always notice that it is related somehow to some sort of energy you're holding on to. When you are able to just drop it and let it go, you live like well, very well beyond whatever it is that you're holding on to. Lovely. Thank you. I've not read that one. And um, when we put it in the show notes, we'll put yeah. the, the name of the author quickly <laughs> in there so people can find it. Um, and then my other question I ask everyone, and again, I think you've answered this a little bit, um, but I always ask people to share with us one to three top tips of things that you'd recommend that we try in our life that could have a massive impact. So do you have a top one to three things for us? Yes. So uh, I love to talk about first thing in the morning because we are just so fresh and renewed and, you know, from the night's sleep. So the first thing to me, it's gratitude. It's my prayer. I use gratitude as my prayer. So I think, you know, God, I think the universe, I think nature, I think it all for one more day for my health. Like I, I, the older I get, the healthier I feel. And I think a lot for that, for my practices, for everything that I have brought into my life that allows for this to develop in this way. Um, so gratitude, first thing, like at least for a couple of minutes, if this is new to you, and then after that, a uh, few minutes of meditation, which by now I do a long time. But if you are starting at least a few minutes, just listen what comes back from that gratitude you just put out. Just, you know, two to five minutes meditating for a little bit. Just let everything be quiet and then journal a little, you know, ju- just let it out, whatever comes up, because a lot of the times it's so unknown what's going on with us. Like I said, the, until I started my own healing process, I had no idea the disturbance that was in my mind because I was just going, you know, with the flow and there was alcohol and there was so many distractions and, and stuff like that. So I feel like those three simple and very quick practices first thing in the morning will bring a lot of self-awareness to your life because a lot of the times we have blockages in different areas of our lives and we don't quite understand where is that stemming from what's the root what's going on in there right we just feel that we are blocked in 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 an area and doing those quick simple easy practices in the morning you are going to have that self-awareness of like oh Now I get it. What's going on here? What's blocking me? What part of myself that is on the way? Lovely. Thank you so much for sharing those. And then really sadly, my final question, because it's a great time. It seems to have like just flown by. That's Um, true. Yeah, is um, where we can find you if you've got anything going on that you want to share with us, just where we can connect with you. Yes, absolutely. And I'm having so much fun too. We should do this again, talk about something else. (laughs) I'm sure we're going to have plenty of stuff to talk about. So I make it simple so I don't have to give people a whole bunch of links. I have all the links in my website. I have YouTube links and Facebook, Instagram, all in my website. My website website is my first and last name, Mayara, M-A-Y-A-R-A dash 
Souza, S-O-U-Z, as in zebra, A, dot com. And then everything is in there. <laughs> Lovely. And we'll absolutely link in the show notes there. And yes, absolutely. I'd love to have you back on. And I'm sure there's so much more that we could talk about. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone has enjoyed this chat as much as I have. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I did enjoy it too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate appreciate the platform. Yeah, you're welcome. So thank you again to Mayara for joining us and for everything that she shared with us in the show. Um, I really hope you've enjoyed this conversation. And as I said, we'll be back next week with another episode where we have two guests. Um, So I really hope you join us. For that, um, as always, please do connect with us on social media at Psyche Coaching, P-S-Y-K-H-E Coaching. Any comments, any feedback, any suggestions, all of that, I really would love to hear from you. That's everything. Until next week, as always, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.